for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 10th. A hole opened up on Highway 5 and Gravoy Mills Monday afternoon. MoDOT crews were called, and they determined the hole was a result of a collapsed culvert and was not a sinkhole. Repairs are currently underway on the culvert, and motorists are advised to use caution in the area. USA Today is running a Reader's Choice poll for best lake for water sports in the country. And guess who is currently ranked number one? Lake of the Ozarks is at the top, and the Lake Convention and Visitor Bureau is asking everyone who loves the lake to help keep it there. Currently ranked below Lake of the Ozarks are Lake Tahoe and Big Bear Lake. The poll is still active, and participants can vote every 12 hours. Anyone can vote online at USA Today's 10 Best website. The Missouri Department of Conservation says turkey hunters harvested over 40,000 birds during Missouri's 2023 spring turkey season. Top harvest counties were Franklin, Callaway, and Osage. Young hunters also harvested 2,500 turkeys over the youth weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild, serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan counties, online at adairs-animals.com or call 573-378-8739. 573 your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. The softball women are into the postseason now. Both the Mizzou ladies and MSU ladies playing conference tournaments this week. Mizzou ladies won yesterday, beating the uh, 12-seed Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. So the Lady Tigers will play today against the 5th-seed Alabama. That game scheduled for about 5 o'clock this afternoon as the Lady Tigers look to keep their season going. MSU ladies will open play in their conference tournament, the Valley Tournament, today. Quarterfinal action, a 4 o'clock start. They are playing that in Carbondale, Illinois. The MSU ladies, 31-19. and 19. They've won 23 of their last 26 games. They look to keep that going. High school baseball, Camdenton, one of the best teams in the state. They're 28-4. and four. They play at Branson today. The Lakers have won 10 of their last 11. Also today, 6-15 and 15 Osage taking on 13-7 and 7 Eugene. That is in high school play. Major League Baseball, Cardinals close out a series against the Cubs in Chicago today. And the Royals, it's game three of a four-game set at home against the White Sox. Chiefs getting ready for their first off-season workouts. They've got some OTAs, organized team activities, 
That is a voluntary camp coming up May 22nd through the 24th. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all that good stuff. Check it out on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key Thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key. 807, and we thank you for joining us this morning on The Daily Show here on Key Radio. And we are blessed with another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. I hope you can get out and enjoy it. Boats all over the lake. I was driving around yesterday. Had some errands to run and some places to go. Driving over the Grand Glaze Bridge. Aside from uh, the road work... 
it was uh, kind of a nice drive. Everybody has a tendency to kind of rubberneck when you go over the Grand Glaze Bridge and see what's going on. And there were a lot of boats out yesterday. Last night, of course, we uh, got a nice little rain shower, thanks to Mother Nature. All of these free car washes, you have to be able to appreciate something like that. And I'm sure we'll pay for it on down the road once we really get into those dog days of summer. But it is going to be another warm and uh, more than likely humid day as we take a look at the forecast for you now. Uh, Right now, 66 degrees in Osage Beach. We are seeing plenty of sunshine. Scattered thunderstorms developing this afternoon. A high of 83, cloudy early, then off and on. Rain showers overnight with a low of 64, showers and 72 tomorrow. About a 60% chance for uh, that rainfall tomorrow. Scattered uh, thunderstorms and 86 on Friday with a 50-50 chance. Maybe some afternoon-evening thunderstorms on Saturday, 87 the expected high. Scattered thunderstorms and 81 on Sunday. If you had any real outdoor plans, you might want to just uh, continue on with that line of thinking and uh, maybe just keep the umbrella handy, certainly. Clouds and 76 on Monday. Yeah, we'll kind of do the uh, upper 70s, low 80s thing uh, next week. But all in all, still some great weather. And, of course, plenty of great things going on around the Lake of the Ozarks. We'll uh, tell you about some of those here a little bit later on. We'll also hear from the good professor, Jim Paisley. He will join us at uh, 910 for our weekly history lesson. Current lake level at 656.87, river level at 551.54, surface water temp at 63 degrees. So definitely getting comfortable. A lot of folks uh, enjoying the weather, enjoying the lake, and enjoying everything we have to offer. And uh, that is uh, pretty awesome as far as I'm concerned. We live in such a wonderful place. want to... Uh, Take a moment here and uh, remind folks of some things coming up Friday, May 12th. Raise a fork for Lake Area Children, the Kiwanis Club of Camptonton Spaghetti Dinner Fundraiser. Adults $10, kids 12 and under, 5 bucks. Enjoy spaghetti, salad, garlic bread, dessert, and a beverage served by Kiwanis members from 4 until 7 at RJ's Family Restaurant. Also, uh, we've got uh, the event coming up here soon as well. I had that blood drive information. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Here it is right here. Give blood, save lives, have fun. The uh, good folks with Keller Williams, Lake of the Ozarks, will have the blood mobile from the Community Blood Center of the Ozarks in their parking lot coming up on Thursday. Uh, this Thursday, May the 11th, from uh, 9 until 3, they invite you to come by. Uh, they'll get you a voucher for uh, two free tickets to one of the uh, following attractions, including Beyond the Lens, the Discovery Center, or the uh, Scott Family Amazium, I guess is how you say that, down in Bentonville, Arkansas. But uh, they would certainly appreciate you coming by and giving the gift of life. Certainly it is uh, it's time when people are traveling a little bit more, doing some more things to make sure that the blood supply is uh, at least available. And we know that from time to time, things are in short supply. To schedule your appointment, you can call them at 417-227-5006. Go to cbco.org dash donate slash blood and set up your appointment. Tell them you'd like to participate in the blood drive going on Thursday, May the 11th, this Thursday at Keller Williams Lake of the Ozarks, 109 Horseshoe Bend Parkway, Lake Ozark, from 9 until 3. Got some other events coming up. We'll talk about it, and we'll do that a little bit later on this morning. Right now, it's great to have him back in the studio with us. It's uh, It's been a while since we talked to Joe Grafman. 
And at last check, Joe was just about ready to embark on his professional fishing tour. And I've been following him very closely on Facebook. I get your updates all the time. Between you and, well, she was your girlfriend last time. She's your fiancé now. Congratulations. Okay. Thank you. It's good to be here today. It's good to have you back, Joe. So uh, how have things been going on the uh, on the circuit itself? And, and uh, I know that uh, here this past weekend you were fishing in your home pond. Yep, that felt good. You know, it's been a long season so far. It's, you know, a lot of time on the road, just kind of what I expected, what I've always dreamed of, and what I've wanted to do my whole, you know, fishing career. So I'm very happy to be able to have that opportunity to be able to chase my dream and uh, pursue my passion on some of America's best lakes. You know, we started off the year at uh, Lake Okeechobee down in southern Florida and really learned a lot from that event. That was a tournament where, you know, things just kind of didn't really go my way. I had the bites to do really well. I just couldn't execute and get those fish in the boat. Uh, So that was kind of hard to deal with. But whether you catch them or not, I guess Florida is always a good place to be, sure. you know, get away from the cold. And uh, like I say, I learned a lot there. Um, we've had four tournaments so far with, like you say, the last one being here at Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, moving on from there, the next one was in Georgia at Clarks Hill Lake, which had an amazing practice. And during the tournament, things kind of didn't really pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I'm learning a lot. I feel like I've really progressed as a fisherman being able to go to a new body of water and find them quickly because, you know, if you look at the big picture, you only get three days to evaluate your situation and figure out what you're going to do. You know, we only get three days of practice, and then we get an off day before the tournament and then a three-day tournament. Uh, So moving on from that one, uh, the next one, the third stop was at Lake Eufaula in Oklahoma and had a good tournament there Um, ended up missing the cut but after the first day I had almost 19 pounds and was in 11th place Uh, so that was a big turning point you know to get things kind of back on track and I've never seen a lake that was so big that fish so small and what I mean by that it's uh, double the size of Lake of the Ozarks here surface acres but all the good water was broken up into two or three areas and uh, had a lot of boats kind of the first day on some stuff that I was fishing and same with the second day and by the time the second day rolled around um, things kind of changed and I just wasn't quick enough to pick up on it but you know that's the part of the sport that they don't really talk about is you know being able to make those decisions on the fly to be able to put you over the top and sometimes it can be so simple uh but you just tend to overcomplicate it and with that one i feel like i just didn't make the right decisions in the right areas on day two and uh just kind of didn't really i learned a lot but it was at the same time was so frustrating being so close and knowing that you were right there to really have a good tournament and just didn't happen left there uh the day afterwards and went straight to kentucky lake and Mm -hmm. fished a toyota series event there and ended up walking away with a good check from that one and some good points and then the last one was here at uh lake of the ozarks and ended up making the final day and cashed a good check so can't beat that i moved up 20 places on the final day to finish the event in 27th place and got some good points moving forward 
Is that kind of the goal, uh, just to, to, to be able to say, you know, I fished here and to learn, and then, of course, you know, that money in the bank, that's certainly not a bad thing. That kind of keeps you going. Absolutely. The money portion of it helps, and, you know, as far as the goal, I think I want to be the best that I can every single day that I'm out in the water mm-hmm. and make the best decisions that I can, and I'm where I've always wanted to be, and i got to catch them to stay there, so... <laughs> just got a lot of work moving forward we got a couple more events to finish off the season and uh possibility of maybe going up north and fishing some cool places up there as well i'm interested to know um what is what is uh, is there a training regiment that you go through i mean as far as any sport any sport at all there's an off season i would imagine you don't fish year round but when you're not fishing to be on this professional circuit, be a part of this tour, how do you train for these things? Do you train mentally? Do you train physically? Do you just go out and, and, and try new things? Do you sit down? Is there somebody that uh, you look to as kind of a mentor and, and sit down and explain the various situations at the various lakes that you fished? And you say, well, you know, I, I did well, but obviously I could have done better. How, do, how does that how does that mentality how does that uh, if there is a training mm-hmm. regiment that exists how does that work for you yeah so i mean i spend fortunately for me i run a guide service here full-time at lake of the ozarks and uh take people out on guided fishing trips so that allows me to be on the water you know all the time i'm on the water almost every day when i'm home and i think one of the biggest things is when you're not in a tournament mode because there may be like this example here you know the next big tournament's not till i guess the middle of june Mm -hmm. and so you gotta fish all the time and stay fresh and keep honing your skills and as far as the mentor aspect of things you know everybody's pretty close knit in the fishing industry it's a pretty close group just because we're all doing the same thing we're after the same goal and uh i have some good friends that have been around in the sport for a very long time that are some big names that I'm able to talk to, you know, and they'll, they're there to pick you up after you do bad or don't have a good day or they're there to pat you on the back when you do good. So right. it's pretty awesome in that aspect of the fishing world yeah. is just everybody being close and wanting to help each other out. There are probably times when a lot of these folks don't necessarily want to give up their secrets, but at the same time, you know, if they can help you a little bit, they will. To a degree, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to a degree. What are some of the things that uh, some of these guys have said to you as far as, uh, you know, just uh, trying to help you get your mind right and, and, and making you understand that, you know, this is a learning process. And sometimes maybe you go in and you have a lot of luck, but as you mentioned, during practice, you were doing well, and then you got out there, and things changed dramatically for you. How does that weigh on your mind, and how do you try to prepare yourself mentally to go out and, 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 and be able to say, okay, had a bad day yesterday, just want to put that all behind me, today's a new day, things are different? Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things with that is just staying sharp mentally and knowing that it can literally happen in five casts. You know, I've had so many tournaments where you pull in at the end of the day and catch a big one, or you catch two or three here in the last 10 minutes, and 
you know, we fished the tournament here at Lake of the Ozarks, and the last 10 minutes caught two four-pounders and ended up winning the tournament. So, I mean, it can happen very, very quickly, and it's just a matter of knowing that. And I guess seeing the experience firsthand gives you more confidence that it can happen like that. Um, you know, and I was just talking to you earlier. It's like the last two tournaments I've been in the top 20 after day one mm-hmm. in both of them. So I feel like I'm where I need to be. It kind of showed me that, you know, you can do this and you just have to make the right adjustments at the right times. And these guys are so good that if you stumble a little bit, they'll walk all over you and you definitely have to be catching them. And, you know, I try to just keep a new mindset every day you go fishing, you know, and don't necessarily think about what happened yesterday or what happened the day before. And sometimes you just have to totally scrap practice. You know, when I went to Kentucky Lake, I had very limited practice because we just had came from the Eufaula event and uh, had one of the worst practices I think I've had in a long time, but never really felt down or out or bad about the tournament you know i put a spinning rod in my hand the douglas spinning rod and just threw it throughout the course of the whole tournament and knew if i was finesse fishing i'd have a better shot to get a check and Mm -hmm. there's some tournaments where after practice you're like whoa this is bad you know and you got to figure out how to fight yourself out of those situations and get the best result that you can so i was very happy with that and from having a terrible practice to uh, turning the event into a good one was kind of a small victory for me. And then looking at the tournament earlier in the season, Eufaula, after that one, I was pretty down and out and heartbroken about that finish, you know. And after day one, I had almost 19 pounds and was in 11th. I put myself in, you know, good contention to – be able to do well in this tournament and had one of the best practices I think I've ever had the day two of practice I had almost 27 pounds for my best five and uh knew I was in the right areas to do well and then day two like I say it was getting a lot of pressure in the area I was in and I feel like I just left that area too early in the day and didn't kind of figure out a way to make those fish bite Um, A buddy of mine ended up second in that event and kind of shared some of the similar water. So just kind of moving forward, you know, I've learned a lot. And, you know, that's the beautiful thing about bass fishing is you never stop learning. So I'm excited to see where this journey goes. You talk about mental preparation prior to, and you talk about kind of not being hard on yourself afterwards. You're out there during the day, uh, you know, fishing and they're not hitting as you would have hoped how do you keep yourself focused mentally and just say you know what okay uh, you know i gotta keep it together i can't let myself stray or i can't let myself get depressed or bummed out i need to be able to stay focused what are some of the things that you do mentally during you know a a tournament while you're out there actually fishing to keep your uh, uh Uh, to keep your mindset positive i guess i guess just think of happy things and for me it's just knowing that it can happen very quickly and never trying to get down on yourself and always staying positive and keeping a positive mindset Mm -hmm. and uh just keep swinging hard and casting as hard as you can you know i got a dang good woman i gotta give a shout out to (laughs) you better i uh have been down and out earlier this year and not so happy with the first part of the season and 
like I said, kind of turning things around a little bit. But uh, she was there uh, from the moment I came in to pick me up and get me back on track. And same with, you know, my family. I got amazing parents and uh, amazing family that supports me in this journey. And I couldn't do it without all my sponsors, you know. That's a huge part of what we're doing and uh, just very thankful to have the support team I do and couldn't do it without each and every one of them. The sponsorship aspect of it is amazing to see the support at such a young age with such a passion trying to make things happen and they're right there to help make it happen and pick you up. I think your sponsors, a lot of which are local people, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. I think they see that passion that you have for the sport. I think they understand and realize the kind of person that you are. And they want you to do well. And I think in a lot of instances, they're probably going to tell you, well, you know, it's like anything else. It's like just going through your day, whether you're fishing, whether you're working, whatever you're doing. You're going to have high points. You're going to have low points. You just have to stay focused and keep moving forward. That's, that's the key to all of it. And it's great to know that you have such a great support system around you because when you have those bad days, as we all do, it's nice to be able to, you know, see your your girlfriend. Up, oh, sorry, your fiance, Lauren is her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see Lauren, and uh, you know she's there to pick you up and say, "Hey, everything's going to be great," you know. And you can think about maybe something other than fishing at that point, uh, getting married, or you know, the time that you're going to be together. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of other things, I guess, that uh, you would possibly be able to focus on. Speaking of getting married, have you set a date yet? Yeah, it'll be August 24th of next year. Wow. So, wow. super you, excited. You going to get married here at the lake? or In St. Louis area. Oh, in St. Louis. Yep. Okay. Very good. Well, congratulations to you. I think that's awesome. Thank you. So you've got a good support system. And, uh, and the local support is amazing. I want to share yeah. a quick story. I fished this Lake of the Ozarks tournament and... Day one, I had, like, I think almost 16, 15, 13 or something, and uh, was in, I think, 17th after day one, and I came in, and I had a bad battery charger Mm -hmm. on my boat, and uh, I was like, man, what am I going to do? Not all my batteries were charging, and you need full power to run the trolling motor and everything all day, and so I called my dealership, Anglers Port Marine in Warsaw, Missouri, and they said drive up there. They stayed late and put a brand-new battery charger in so I could have fresh batteries the next morning. And truly amazing to see that. And then also Cool Breeze Marine, uh, George up there. I had a prop that slung an ear and went bad during practice, and he actually ended up loaning me a prop for the tournament so I could get out there and keep going. So. Without those people in your corner, I mean, it just couldn't be possible. And you have, I guess, a lot less worry if something does go wrong. And Especially when you're close to home, man. Things to check and mentally. So, <laughs> yeah. Prop, you got props for your prop. And, and, again, I think that being a, a young angler, people see the potential. And people know that you have the right mindset and the heart and the drive to go out and, uh, and to, to just make – this passion that you have, something that, uh, well, helps pay the bills and uh, could certainly set you up down the road in the future. And, you know, uh, I'll just be real honest with you. Everybody I talk to, as a matter of fact, we've got a comment here. Uh, Sean says, I remember Joe back when he was uh, still a dreamer with a pole. It's been fun to watch him over the last few years. But, you know, everybody I've talked to 
if your name comes up in conversation, they have nothing but good things to say about you. That's good to hear. That's yeah, really good to hear. <laughs> it sure is. And the fact that you carry yourself so well, and at such a young age, you have uh, developed this maturity that maybe a lot of people your age wouldn't have yet, or maybe they're just coming into it. But I remember some of the things we talked about, and, and, and we'll get into that conversation a little bit after the break about how you like to give back. And, uh, you know, these young kids that you see that are out there fishing, and uh, I know that you've got family that you're very tight with as far as, you know, mm -hmm. fishing and, and trying to pass it on. And here you are, 23 years old. I think sometimes we would think of somebody maybe a little bit older, uh, maybe uh, a mom, a dad, uh, grandparents, somebody like that. Uh, but at 23 years of age, you are so committed to not only going out and, and, and fishing and making a career out of that, but the aspect of, of, of giving back, which I think is so huge, and, and it makes all the difference in the world. So uh, just one other question. So you get to a point maybe where you decide you don't want to. You don't want to fish professionally anymore. Have you looked? I don't at, think that'll ever happen. You don't think that? <laughs> as long as you can get as in the boat as and I'm able it, to do it, that's what I want to do. reel in your hand. Uh, have you ever thought about what you might do uh, aside? Yeah, from I mean, fishing? I'm fortunate. Like I said, I run my guide service right. full time here, which you know still allows me to be on the water doing what I love to do, and mm. the money aspect of it isn't bad either. So that's probably. You know, what I'll still continue to do, I'm still offering guide trips full-time. But, yeah, I don't think there'll ever come a day where I don't want to fish professionally. Right. I got it in my blood, and I've had it since I was three years old, man, and just want to keep chasing it and keep embarking on this journey and try to get to the top. You know, that's the main goal, and I feel like that's everybody's goal that's tournament fishing is to do well and perform at the highest level. I think you're absolutely right. It's always about being the best that you can possibly be. But how do you attain that? And once you attain that, how do you maintain that and make it something that uh, uh, you can always kind of fall back on, count on? Because anybody and everybody that fishes professionally, I can imagine, uh, has had a, a, a bad day, uh, a really bad day, or maybe a string of bad days. But then they keep at it and don't give up and continue to work at it, and then they have that great day. They win the tournament, or they get on a hot streak, or, or what have you. And I, I think, personally, you have just got the right mindset. So, yeah, maybe this is uh, this is something that you want to do for the rest of your life, and I think that's awesome. Joe Grafman is our guest. We're going to step aside, take our bottom-of-the-hour break, come back and talk more with Joe, and get into... Uh, some things that uh, you might be able to help him out with as far as uh, being a sponsor. And uh, this young man representing the Lake of the Ozarks is, uh, I think we talked about this with Joe when he was here, is such a great ambassador for our area. Because I would imagine when he goes out and people ask him about the Lake of the Ozarks, he's happy to talk about it. We've got uh, Stacy Johnson now with LakeExpo.com local news. And uh, I want to just send a shout out to Stacy. If you see her today, tell her KB said thank you. I had a gentleman call me yesterday. And they are planning on doing an event for Memorial Day. And he had called me and said, uh, do you think this would be a good idea or that would be a good idea? And I said, well, let me talk to some friends of mine and let me see if they reach out to you. And certainly, uh, Stacy was uh, right on 
point, uh, he actually reached out to her first, but uh, she was going to uh, take the opportunity to call him and, and work on this. And I, I think it's a great idea for the Memorial Day weekend, but uh, we'll talk more about that as we get a little closer. Right now, we've got Chris Schneider in the uh, bullpen as well with a check of sports and our friends at uh, Lake TV. And you are listening to The Daily Show on Keep Radio. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 10th. A hole opened up on Highway 5 and Gravoy Mills Monday afternoon. MoDOT crews were called, and they determined the hole was a result of a collapsed culvert and was not a sinkhole. Repairs are currently underway on the culvert, and motorists are advised to use caution in the area. USA Today is running a Reader's Choice poll for best lake for water sports in the country. And guess who is currently ranked number one? Lake of the Ozarks is at the top, and the Lake Convention and Visitor Bureau is asking everyone who loves the lake to help keep it there. Currently ranked below Lake of the Ozarks are Lake Tahoe and Big Bear Lake. The poll is still active, and participants can vote every 12 hours. Anyone can vote online at USA Today's 10 Best website. The Missouri Department of Conservation says turkey hunters harvested over 40,000 birds during Missouri's 2023 spring turkey season. Top harvest counties were Franklin, Callaway, and Osage. Young hunters also harvested 2,500 turkeys over the youth weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with Key Radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, Key Radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. The softball women are into the postseason now. Both the Mizzou ladies and MSU ladies playing conference tournaments this week. Mizzou ladies won yesterday, beating the uh, 12 seed Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. So the Lady Tigers will play today against the fifth seed Alabama. That game scheduled for about 5 o'clock this afternoon as the Lady Tigers look to keep their season going. MSU ladies will open play in their conference tournament, the Valley Tournament, today. Quarterfinal action, a 4 o'clock start. They are playing that in Carbondale, Illinois. The MSU ladies, 31-19. and They've won 23 of their last 26 games. They look to keep that going. High school baseball, Camdenton, one of the best teams in the state. They're 28-4. They play at Branson today. The Lakers 
have won 10 of their last 11. Also today, 6-15 Osage taking on 13-7 Eugene. That is in high school play. Major League Baseball, Cardinals close out a series against the Cubs in Chicago today. And the Royals, it's game three of a four-game set at home against the White Sox. Chiefs getting ready for their first off-season workouts. They've got some OTAs, organized team activities. That is a voluntary camp coming up May 22nd through the 24th. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802-102 and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all that good stuff. Check it out on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the Key Radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. I'm Bill Munhausen for Creation Expo. Creationists take a lot of heat for advocating a recent creation. Don't features like Grand Canyon testify to millions of years? For an answer, consider Star Trek. Captain Picard walks up to a replicator and commands, Tea, herbal gray, hot, and a perfectly brewed cup of tea appears. Our experience tells us it takes time to grow tea plants, harvest the leaves, and distribute the product. And then there's the cup, but Picard simply spoke it into existence in a moment. We see it as a scientific possibility. The question is what believers ought to believe. We have a bias as finite people who see processes all around us that imply the passage of time. But we should recognize a creator God would have the power to speak a world into existence. Psalm 33, 6 reads, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Share your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key. Hey, it's 838. We're glad to have you with us. Another beautiful day at the lake, 67 degrees now in Osage Beach as we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. You're welcome to uh, give us a call this morning if you'd like to uh, talk to Joe, 573-633-5393. 
before he gets out of here this morning, we're going to have him give us a bit of a breakdown as to what's going on here at the Lake of the Ozarks, and maybe he can uh, help us out with a few pointers, a few tips, what to look for. That uh, humid weather is really starting to uh, make its presence felt, and uh, I'm certain like everything else, fish have their own little built-in barometers, and uh, it leads them to do uh, certain things to move to certain areas based on surface water temperature and other things and and what's in the water that they like to feed on. But a lot of good things going on uh, for Joe right now. Of course, he is on the professional circuit. What is, uh, just in the event people want to follow along, what is... uh, uh, what is the particular circuit that you're on now? What is what So is I'm the... fishing the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals for Major League Fishing and also fishing the uh, MLF Toyota Series. Mm-hmm. And um, so go to MLFMajorLeagueFishing.com and you can tune in there. They actually have live on the water programming, like television shows right. during the hours of the tournament, which will be featured on there live show on their website they also have galleries and things like that from the camera guys that mm-hmm. go out and actually take pictures on the water for on the water coverage so there's a lot to check out there now um as a matter of fact i was listening i think it was thursday morning uh to our friends down the road here and captain jack uxa does a fishing report for them and he was talking about the fact that people can actually watch this as it happens yeah in real time no absolutely yeah the live show is pretty awesome they have commentators and they make it exciting and uh hopefully at this next event uh the top six guys typically after day one get a camera in their boat so Mm -hmm. hopefully catch them good enough to be able to do that yeah so uh let's talk a little bit about this particular tournament you were on uh on the the home pond as, as i alluded to earlier and you know, being the hometown guy, were there any other uh, folks that were from the area that were fishing here locally? There was. I would say locally altogether, and I may be missing a few, but there, I would think of maybe seven or eight just right. off the top of my head that were yeah. probably in there fishing it. And so as, as, as kind of the hometown guy, you feel as though maybe you have a bit of an advantage or... Sometimes, yeah. you know, you hear people talk about like the hometown curse. You know, you fish a big tournament on your home lake and you want to do well, you want to perform. You've spent so many days, you know, on this body of water that you feel like you know a lot of areas. And mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes you can know too much, you know, because... At the end of the day, the fish are fish. They're in the water doing their thing for a certain reason. So you have to listen to what they're telling you. And I feel like there's some days that you don't always do that. And what I've learned, you know, fishing the home lake is every day is a new day. And that's the case with anywhere you go. But I feel like just being here and fishing this lake so much, you have a lot of preconceived areas preconceived notions or spots that you want to go to Mm -hmm. you know all these areas and so um for me in my head mentally how i broke this down was before the tournament you know and this is the same way all year before these tournaments we have a 30-day off limits period so i wasn't able to actually be on the water and fish this lake for 30 days prior to the event and uh which in my opinion I think somewhat helped me just because 
if I was able to fish that whole entire time, you know, I feel like I would have maybe been wrapped up in what I was doing. I had no idea. I just went fishing, mm-hmm. let the fish tell me what they want through practice and uh, kind of played out in the tournament. Um, give you a rundown of that. You know, I caught the majority of my fish throughout the course of the tournament during uh, the morning, caught a lot on top water. Also caught some sight fishing, which, you know, you said right now things are kind of changing. Give a little rundown of the lake. If you're wanting to come down and just go fishing, now is one of the best times and the funnest times of year to be able to go and do that. You know, there's a lot of stuff that's changing every day. A lot of the fish are spawning, um, and a lot of fish are actually done spawning, moving out to their summertime haunts, deep points, deep ledges, things like that. But the weather just needs to get a little bit hotter uh, for that to be able to happen. So, you know, right now we have a lot of fish that are shallow, still kind of hanging around those same spawning areas and secondary points and things like that. But, you know, the first day um, I caught 16 pounds or 15, 13, whatever it was, all on topwater for the most part, which, you know, you can't beat a fun, explosive topwater bite was fishing um, in the Grand Glaze Arm, which is a great area. I feel like I knew that area pretty well, and I have a lot of confidence there. And just kind of didn't really go into it with my head in one area, or I want to go fish here, I want to start here, Mm -hmm. and then go here. I just kind of just went fishing. You know, I told myself, it's like I've been here and just been fishing this lake since I was little, and... It seems like the days that you catch them are the ones where some days you just don't have a plan. You just let the fish tell you, and you let the day kind of play out as it goes on. And uh, like I say, caught a lot of fish on top water. And another thing that happens in these Ozark lakes this time of year is every full moon throughout the summertime, those bluegill will come into those shallow areas and spawn, and you'll have big wolf packs of bass that come in there and eat on those and it happens like overnight and so i knew the full moon was happening like thursday night and the night before it like looked like it was full so a lot of those that played for me in the tournament was those bluegill spawning areas chasing those big topwater fish and also just skipping docks you know areas where i knew those fish were spawning caught a lot of fish doing that through the tournament as well mm-hmm. And did a little bit of sight fishing, you know, that can play. Uh, I'm not the best at it as some of these other guys, but caught a few good ones doing it throughout the course of the event. And uh, it was just an awesome, awesome week and yeah. a good payday. So did you notice whether or not uh, maybe some of the guys that are from other areas were kind of watching to see what you were doing? He's picking up and he's moving. Maybe we should no, go with him. I don't know. I don't really pay attention to that stuff. I right. just kind of try to do my own thing and... Uh, just let it fall where it is and um you know i think i fished the hardest i've ever fished in my life the second day um because i knew i only needed 10 pounds or so to make the cut Mm -hmm. and uh i knew the first day there was about eight boats or so in the area i was fishing and almost every every person in there caught a limit so i thought well there's 40 keepers that are taken back to the ramp you know and i knew i would probably have to make some adjustments the second day and 
it ended up not being the best adjustment I could have made, but I went to the dam area, which, you know, historically, that's where I grew up. I felt like it'd be pretty easy to catch a 10-pound limit down there, and it took all day long, and I, like, was so drained by the end of it. I had uh, almost 10 pounds and ended up sliding in and making the cut. They take the top 50. Mm-hmm. I was in 47th. And then uh, the final day was the coolest feeling ever, knowing that you were going to get a paycheck, but also just being there for championship Saturday. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. And I fished the hardest I've ever fished that final day and uh, had a good morning. You know, things kind of started off hot. I had a limit by 8.30, so I was like, all right, and... I knew the way it was is, like, they pay 50th to 29th gets eight grand, and then uh, 28th to 10th gets 10 grand. So the pay, you know, you're fighting for, right, which was ounces, made up, you know, a lot of places. And I knew if I could catch what I did day one, I would have a good shot at kind of moving up and also getting some points moving forward and uh like i say started off hot had a limit by 8 30 i caught a five and a half um which bumped me up quite a bit and uh ended up finishing the event in 27th so ended up getting a little bit extra money and great points moving forward you know i'm really excited our next tournament is on the potomac river which is in washington dc upstate maryland and that's a title fishery so the whole tide and the timing is going to be very important with that one being at your best areas at the right time and uh the next one after that is lacrosse wisconsin we're glad to be home not just to to fish lake of the ozarks but uh to to see your family and maybe uh, pick up a home-cooked meal or two oh absolutely yeah (laughs) that'd be nice you know you're not having to go eat out someplace you can go home and get to sleep in your own bed and and uh, and and enjoy some of mom's home cooking oh yeah yeah well that's awesome Uh, talk to me a little bit about how you prepare for these tournaments uh you know you talk about practice i'm sure you get your intel and do your recon but then, of course, that all goes out the window if, uh, let's say, it rains or uh, mm-hmm. the weather changes. You're expecting maybe uh, a nice calm day, the wind picks up, uh, or uh, it goes from being comfortable to hot and humid, and it just changes the whole game plan for you. Absolutely. How how quickly do you adjust to something like that, and uh, is it relatively tough for you, or can you pick up on that pretty quick and then make the necessary adjustments? Yeah, so, I mean, preparation for these events starts months before it actually happens, you know, because we have only a very limited time we can get information, and uh, we have to begin that process months and months beforehand. But for me, it's, you know, studying maps, looking at Google Earth, kind of seeing what the tournament weights are, and predicting kind of what it might take based on that time of year looking at the water level you know there's a lot of variables that make up your game plan and what you're going to do and i think as you go along in fishing and i feel like a lot of people can relate to this is being able to make those adjustments on the fly and one thing you know you have to kind of understand and get better at is being able to some tournaments just scrap 
what you did in practice and just go fishing on your natural instincts and looking back throughout the course of the year I can say that I definitely didn't do that at Clark's Hill you know that was one big thing I learned which I'm excited to be able to learn that and carry that into another tournament but I had an amazing practice had like 17 pounds every day you would see them all over the bank everywhere you went and tournament day ended up kind of just struggling had a kind of just a mediocre finish and didn't really do too well um but it was because I just was so hard-headed on what I was doing that I didn't make those adjustments that I needed to so that's a huge thing is being able to just adjust on the fly and make those game time decisions uh when it counts and sometimes you just have to totally scrap what you've been doing and Mm -hmm. go find something new but believe in yourself that you're good enough to be able to go and do that you prepare for something and it uh goes uh in a completely and totally different direction you end up doing a 180 and so i guess in planning for whatever it is that you will be attempting to do at each tournament you have to make sure that you've got all the right pieces of the puzzle and by that i mean your equipment that you utilize um is it a very strenuous process to be able to sit down and look at everything you have and say, well, I need that and that, and I might want to take that and hope that you're making the right decisions along the way? Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's something that I have have always kind of enjoyed doing is the process of it all and the preparation that goes into it. I take a lot of um, just, I don't know what the word you'd call it is, pride or you're happy that you're doing it or whatever, but I take pretty serious as far as having the right rod for the right situation Mm -hmm. and i've seen you know it happen to where you lose a fish because your rod's not a certain action or you know it doesn't match up perfect and having that exact perfect setup for what you're doing for technique specific stuff can be the difference between landing a few more fish and not and uh you know that going into this season and the last couple years I've been fortunate. I was uh, partnered with Douglas Rods and also Proficiency Reels. Um, and so they have helped made that possible for me to be able to have the right stuff for mm-hmm. the right situation. And, uh, you know, that's just something you have to kind of learn. And, like, what I like for a technique may be just a little bit different than what you would like mm-hmm. for a technique. It's kind of... A general idea, you know, is all the same, but it kind of just depends on the feel for certain people and what they may, what they may like and what they might not. Um, but I really do. I enjoy the process of starting the preparation and getting everything mm-hmm. ready to go. You know, I'm I'm preparing right now for a tournament that's in the end of July on Lacrosse, Wisconsin. You know, I've already started looking at maps and looking at the river, seeing how the water level is, what the tournaments are. And and it's just what you have to do because, you know, your competition is doing the same thing and you have to work twice as hard, you know, and just put the time in and uh, just prepare the best you can for each one. Your sponsors are very important to you, and I know you appreciate everyone that you have on board. If someone was interested in wanting to become a sponsor, to help support the cause, uh, they can just reach out to you, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, this wouldn't be possible without 
the support from my sponsors, and I have some good ones. Uh, you know, Ace Grease, Eckenfells, Flatwork, and Excavation. Mention, you know, some rods and some reels, and just the list goes on and on. But I couldn't do it without them, and that's what makes this dream possible. And uh, you always heard people say it takes a village, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, still looking for more sponsors you know i'm wanting to like i say fish the northern toyota series and be able to um fit a few more tournaments in but definitely needing some sponsor help to make that happen and yeah if anybody's interested in that they can check out my social media pages facebook it's joe grafman fishing instagram it's joe bassman or you can just reach out uh and give me a call my phone number is 314 795 seven zero seven eight and same goes for guide trips too very good yeah because uh <clears throat> as is the case costs money to be able to do all of this absolutely love to be able to just uh forget about the cost and go do what you want to do but unfortunately uh there's gas and food and lodging and uh all the other things that come along with it got a couple of minutes left here <clears throat> tell me how, how important is it in your mind to give back because I know you're a huge supporter of youth fishing. You like to work with kids. We talked about uh, uh, maybe you helping out with some product for uh, some of the events that they have here locally, free fishing days and kids fishing days and things like that. Talk about the importance of giving back because I know that's that, that's really big. In addition to being a, a professional fisherman and you're going after the uh, prize all the time, but you still make time to, to help out local kids and, and I would imagine kids anywhere you go. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's everything. And you never know what doing that for someone, how that'll impact their life or what they're going through and how that may affect it. And, you know, it's just a good feeling. You know, it it really makes you feel good and it makes the people that you're giving back to feel good. But you look at the big picture of it, you know, we all started from the same area like my dad took me fishing when I was three years old and got me into it and so knowing that I mean I just try to give back as much as I can my little nephew um, he's my tournament partner and we fish a ton together Mm -hmm. and he has just ate up with it they just fished a tournament on Table Rock and did good down there Um, but yeah you talked about a kids fishing day that's something I would love to help out with and Mm -hmm put together down here um just kind of wanting to get something like that going but definitely i mean you know you see a kid on a dock just like give him a lure or something you know i remember people always did that and uh just i can encourage everybody just to take a kid fishing out there you know no matter whether it's for an hour or three or four hours you know but it's that'll impact their life and fishing can definitely change your life and i encourage everybody out there to take a kid fishing i guess one of the interesting things about it is of course it 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 brings people closer together it certainly does and and uh, you know if you're looking for a good family fun activity anybody and everybody can go fishing it can it can happen no matter what the situation may be and and it's one of the nice things and i'm sure that you've spent time with people in your family younger older fishing no absolutely it's obviously you rubbed off on you to have all the money in the world to do it i mm-hmm. mean you know that you can go to the store and get a rod and just start off and catch all the fish you want we live in a great area to be able to do that 
So, again, tell us uh, the, the the next tournament, the date, and, and where we can uh, kind of look for you as far as maybe watching. So, yeah, the next one is going to be the Potomac River um, towards the end of June. Mm-hmm. And tune in to MajorLeagueFishing.com. You can check out the gallery and the uh, live stream show. Normally that starts about a half hour after takeoff, so around seven thirty, eight o'clock, and I believe it ends around 2. So there's a lot of coverage there. It's MajorLeagueFishing.com. Right. Well, as always, I'm glad we got to catch you during some downtime, and thank you so much for coming in, and continued success to you. Congratulations on the uh, engagement to your fiancé. Good luck on the wedding, because I'll tell you what, you know, being a professional fisherman is one thing. Having to plan a wedding is something (laughs) completely and totally different, my friend. No, yeah. Well, thank you for having me on here today. Absolutely. Uh, if we get some time, maybe down the road again, we'll uh, we'll see if we can't bring you back and talk a little bit more about uh, the tournament and just life in general. You're a great young man, and uh, you're a great ambassador for our area, and uh, I thank you so much. And, again, congratulations on being at this particular point in your life, and uh, I think uh, most everybody around here <clears throat> wants to wish you all the best and uh, continued success, Joe Grafman, because you are uh, you're a good man. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here today. Absolutely. It's good when you're with KB. <laughs> I appreciate that. Maybe uh, maybe I'll have you write that down, and I can put it up on the wall or something like that. 9 o'clock, straight up on the Midwest Coast. We'll step aside and uh, take care of business with our, uh, our great media partners, LakeExpo.com. Uh, of course, Lake TV, Stacy Johnson with local news, Chris Schneider with a check of sports, and then we're back with the true history professor, Professor Jim Paisley in the studio with us for our weekly history lesson. It's all coming up on Key Radio. You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Osage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 10th. A hole opened up on Highway 5 and Gravoy Mills Monday afternoon. MoDOT crews were called, and they determined the hole was a result of a collapsed culvert and was not a sinkhole. Repairs are currently underway on the culvert, and motorists are advised to use caution in the area. USA Today is running a Reader's Choice poll for best lake for water sports in the country. And guess who's currently ranked number one? Lake of the Ozarks is at the top, and the Lake Convention and Visitor Bureau is asking everyone who loves the lake to help keep it there. Currently ranked below Lake of the Ozarks are Lake Tahoe and Big Bear Lake. The poll's still active, and participants can vote every 12 hours. Anyone can vote online at USA Today's 10 Best website. The Missouri Department of Conservation says turkey hunters harvested over 40,000 birds during Missouri's 2023 spring turkey season. Top harvest counties were Franklin, Callaway, and Osage. Young hunters also harvested 2,500 turkeys over the youth weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by Adair's Wildlife Removal Service, offering affordable solutions for all of your residential and commercial nuisance animal problems. Adair's keeps the wildlife where it belongs, in the wild, serving Camden, Miller, and Morgan Counties, online at adairs-animals.com. 
or call 573-378-8739. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. The softball women are into the postseason now. Both the Mizzou ladies and MSU ladies playing conference tournaments this week. Mizzou ladies won yesterday, beating the uh, 12-seed Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. So the Lady Tigers will play today against the 5th-seed Alabama. That game scheduled for about 5 o'clock this afternoon as the Lady Tigers look to keep their season going. MSU ladies will open play in their conference tournament, the Valley Tournament, today. Quarterfinal action, a 4 o'clock start. They are playing that in Carbondale, Illinois. The MSU ladies, 31-19. and 19, They've won 23 of their last 26 games. They look to keep that going. High school baseball, Camdenton, one of the best teams in the state. They're 28-4. and four. They play at Branson today. The Lakers have won 10 of their last 11. Also today, 6-15 and 15 Osage taking on 13-7 and seven Eugene. That is in high school play. Major League Baseball, Cardinals close out a series against the Cubs in Chicago today. And the Royals, it's game three of a four-game set at home against the White Sox. Chiefs getting ready for their first off-season workouts. They've got some OTAs, organized team activities. That is a voluntary camp coming up May 22nd through the 24th. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all that good stuff. Check it out on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. A portion of the programming on Key Radio is brought to you by our media partners at Lake TV. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. Lake TV brings you five local shows to let you know what's going on and help you get to know our area's movers and shakers. Lake TV also brings you live high school football and basketball and a weekly coaches show. Watch Lake TV on Como Channel 90 or absolutely free on Roku, Amazon Fire, and always streaming live at MyLakeTV.com. Join 89.3 The Key for the True History Professor program featuring Professor Jim Paisley. The national media now is kind of taking advantage of people. They hit you with a, you know, a big headline, and then they don't give you any information behind it. There's no context to it. Problem. And so what I'm going to try and do, uh, you know, on a weekly basis with the show is to try and share with you what, what were the events, what are the things behind the scenes here, what, what led to this. Professor Paisley takes a look back at history and how it relates to present-day events. But we take it on face value without having any knowledge of why it well it's because the news told us join professor jim paisley thursdays and saturdays at 6 a.m 2 p.m and 10 p.m for the true history professor program on 89.3 the key
thought-provoking radio that offers you the opportunity to become engaged in the process. 89.3, the key, the key. Glad to have you back with us now at 9.07. It is a beautiful day to be alive and live at the Lake of the Ozarks. Too blessed to be depressed. I like the sound of that. Uh, a buddy of mine, John Marcy, said, I'm too blessed. I asked him, how are you doing? He says, I'm too blessed to be depressed. Excellent. I said, can I use that? He said, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Share the wealth. It is uh, going to be uh, one of those days where uh, we could see a little bit of activity in the form of some scattered showers developing later on this afternoon. We'll hit a high of 83. Clouds this evening, a shower after midnight, the low of 64. Rain chance during the day at about 40%. Closer to 60% uh, tonight and overnight. 72 with showers tomorrow, about a 60% chance. Uh, close to 50-50 for Friday and a high of 86. Looks like, again, 50-50 on Saturday, high of 87. 50-50 uh, and 81 for Sunday. So about a 50-50 chance, which normally means probably just a good idea to keep your rain gear or your uh, umbrella or whatever you need to stay dry handy and proceed accordingly with uh, your weekend plans. I want to send a shout-out to all of you that have taken the time to uh, make Key Radio a regular fixture in the morning. And again, uh, if you would like to donate to the cause, we're always looking for donations for community radio. Talk with Bill Mundhausen. Bill is available on Facebook. You can get a hold of him over there at uh, the uh, Key Gathering Place on South Business 5. And we are making some uh, changes to Key Radio, some of which will be coming at the end of the month of May, because at this point it looks as though I am going to be moving on, and uh, we will be uh, making some programming changes. I'll still have a hand in What's going on here, working with some folks, doing some different things, but uh, we certainly appreciate the opportunity to uh, reach out to the community, and uh, again, lots of different things going on. As a matter of fact, Professor Paisley, the last time you were here, sir, Mm -hmm. you dropped off a public service announcement, and I know I have it in here because I just saw it a few minutes ago. The uh, Jeep Go Topless event on May the 20th, the Lake of the Ozarks Jeep Club, and Jeep Girl Mafia Club, Missouri Chapter, are having a Go Topless event, Jeep Top, of course, on May the 20th. That's a Saturday. All proceeds go to benefit Kids Harbor in Osage Beach. The event will start at 11 a.m. at Kids Harbor, 5717 Chapel Drive in Osage Beach, with a scavenger hunt for all Jeeps. Following the scavenger hunt, everyone will meet at Willow's Restaurant on A Road in Lynn Creek. They've got great fried potato salad. You've got yes, to check that do. out. Uh, among other things, uh, there will be an auction and raffle Again, open to the public to benefit Kids Harbor. All persons are welcome to attend. You can go to Lake of the Ozarks Jeep Club on Facebook if you have any questions. And uh, let's get out and support the cause. It's great to have you uh, uh, helping out with various things that go on around our area. Lots of folks, lots of uh, events, lots of charitable organizations that could uh, use it. And again... I would also like to stress, you know, there are a lot of uh, charitable organizations around the lake. Let's see if we can't uh, find most of them and uh, or all of them and uh, help them out as uh, we go through our, our day. And, you know, we're planning things that we uh, like to do to have fun and benefit charitable organizations. There are so many of them here at the Lake of the Ozarks. I know the Community Foundation of the Lake does a good job helping out. But uh, if you want to plan an event, maybe look for uh, those uh, 
those groups, those organizations that uh, really at this point are just getting started and they would like to be able to build a foundation to work off of and help folks around the lake with whatever uh, we might have going on. 9-11 is our time. The good Professor Jim Paisley is in the house with us. Good to see you, sir. What have you been up to? Oh, been busy trying to uh, fix all the gremlins that come up come upon you during the winter months. You put right. the boats away in the, in the fall and then in the spring, gremlins have got to it. And So, yeah, batteries, ignition switches, you name it. Mm-hmm. It's like, how does this happen? But, yeah, been busy, you know, but I'm gaining on it. Every yeah. day, every day I'm gaining on it, you know, so, yeah. Does it feel like uh, two steps forward, one step back? It does, it does. Well, at least you're still making a little progress. Well, the, just a little, yeah, but uh, springtime, so lots of stuff to do, you know, looking forward to the warmer weather coming. How's you know. Mrs. doing? Doing great, doing great, yeah, she started another project, she's sanding decks, so... You know, I, sanding decks, sanding the decks. She was doing docks last year. Docks last year, decks this year. I just get out of the way. Yeah. Well, I will tell her if she's listening, and I know she is, that that is going to be one of the things that I get to deal with uh, is sanding uh, a deck. Uh, good luck. That's going to be my uh, my main point of focus. Today. I find it a great spectator sport. <clears throat> it is a great spectator <laughs> sport. It, it's it's good when you've got things on your mind. That's right. Because as you're sanding, you have a tendency to push down on that sander a little harder. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> so uh, what are we uh, talking about this morning? Well, we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and that is uh, education system. And in particular, uh, what we're doing as far as educating our kids in the areas of history and civics. And uh, a, a new... I just released some stats here from the Department of Education, and it just kind of made me sit back in my chair because I'm so frustrated, you know. And they they're trying to everybody's trying to blame the problem with education on COVID. Mm-hmm. Oh well, the kids missed these two years and all this. That's a crock, folks. That's a crock. It was messed up before, you know. I mean, I could see this coming ten years ago when they started changing the curriculum. A lot of schools have dropped. Uh, American history and civics courses. They don't even teach them anymore. And uh, at the college level, it's all about the woke stuff, you know, CRT and the 1619 Project and everything. Well, now all of this has come home to roost. And I thought it would be interesting just to share with you just how bad it is and what we can possibly do to try and turn this around. And, you know, being a historian, I I went back and I I remembered a quote from James Madison. And I went to the Library of Congress and dug it up. And James Madison had written a a letter to a a friend of his, a fellow by the name of W.T. Berry, on August 4th in 1822. All right? So we're talking 100 years ago. And you tell me that our forefathers didn't have have just a vision, you know, for how bad things could get and what we needed to do to keep this republic together. And in this letter, this uh, James Madison writes to his friend, he said, The liberal appropriations made by the legislature of Kentucky for a general system of education cannot be too much applauded. A popular government without popular information or the means of acquiring it is but a prologue to a farce or a tragedy, or perhaps both. Knowledge will forever govern ignorance, and a people who mean to be their own governors must arm themselves with the power which knowledge gives. Now, this guy's writing this 100 years ago. He's saying it's imperative 
that we provide the knowledge to our citizens so they can they, they know what's going on so they know how our government works so they know how how uh, you know the whole system is set up and how we need to maintain our country and gosh folks it, I don't know if you were on the watching any of the news lately here we've got you know a 40 year old rape case against Trump that brought what well, came out yesterday this morning the opposition's up there and they're talking about all this Chinese money that's filtering into the Biden family and you sit there and think this is what our government is doing now and it doesn't have a damn thing to do with you and me KB or mm-hmm. what we're doing on a day-to-day basis or what we're paying for gas or what we're doing to try and maintain our homes or trying to educate our kids what they're all concentrating on is slinging mud and arrows back and forth at one another and it's occupying all of their time and the media because right now I mean, there was a little blurb about uh, uh, Israel and and Hamas lobbing rockets back and forth. I mean, they gave it 10 seconds and then right back to this other crap that the government's dealing with. Mm -hmm. And it just drives me absolutely nuts. Now, to set you back in your chair a little bit, I went to the Washington Examiner and found this article by a guy by the name of Jeremiah Puff. He's the education reporter. And he's reporting on these latest stats coming out of the Department of Education. They said students in the eighth grade are doing worse in U.S. history and civics than they were in 2018. And, you know, it, it just escalates the concerns about learning loss. Now, this all ties into this National Assessment of Educational Progress released last week Wednesday. Now, the latest data from the nation's report card revealed that civic scores for 8th grade students declined for the first time ever, ever, falling from 153 in 2018 to 150 on a 0 to 300 scale. 150 on a 0 to 300 scale. In other words, they scored 50%. This is, this is the, the average. I mean, these, they're all flunking. It just, it, I, I can't get over it, all right? The scores match the assessment score from 1998, the first year that students were assessed in the subject. For U.S. history, scores for 8th graders declined from 263 in 2018 to 258. And again, this is on a 300 scale, all right? Now, the assessment scores were the worst, for history, were the worst ever recorded falling to a point lower than the 259 recorded on the subject's first assessment in 1994. So, now think about this, folks. How much money have we spent on education? I mean, since since 1994? Are you kidding me? We're building new schools. We're throwing money at this, to, to, you know, raising the, 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 the rates for... It's just beyond comprehension, the amount of money we spend, and yet we've declined since 94. Now, something's wrong here. We just keep throwing money at it, and it keeps going in the opposite direction. You can tell this is something I'm pretty passionate about, Mm -hmm. and it just torques me to no end. Now, of course, everybody wants to turn around and say, well, it's all because of COVID and the school closures. That's a crock. You know, 1994, we didn't have COVID, and they have steadily declined ever since, all right? Now, these, this report card not only does 8th graders, it goes 4th through 8th grade, all right? And it, this, the scores are the same, all right? Everything is going downhill. Now, it's interesting. In a press release, the National Center for Educational Statistics said the decline in civics and history education uh, scores was a serious concern 
lost due to the implications on civic participation. And this is where we really get to the core of this. Kids nowadays have absolutely no clue how the government works. They have no, no knowledge about the different branches of government. To them, it's just it's a non-starter. They don't care. Nobody tells them they need to care. And these are the people that, when you and I are gone, KB, these are the people who are going to step forward and run this country. And they're clueless, absolutely clueless. And it's systematically we're eliminating our past and our history, and both good and bad, in an effort to turn and create this, this woke society. And these people are going to wind up running the country if we don't turn this around right now. It's something that has to be done. Now, the education statistics group turned around and said self-government depends on each generation of students leaving school with a complete understanding of the responsibilities and privileges of citizenship. But far too many of our students are struggling to understand and explain the importance of civic participation, how American government even functions, and the historical significance of events of our past. And these are a national concern. So finally, somebody's saying, dudes, we need to turn around and at least tell the kids about this, okay? Because they don't even care, all right? Now, the national scores are based on test scores from 8,000 public schools and private school students making up a representative sample of the U.S. So this is across the board, both public and private schools, all right? Now, since the test was conducted every four years, Wednesday's release kind of provided us a before and after snapshot of the coronavirus mess and all of that. Okay, But like I say, we had problems before this coronavirus ever hit. What coronavirus did, if you want to find a silver lining, is it allowed parents to finally see what's being taught in the schools. And it, it's got everybody all stirred up. Okay, Now, the decline in history in civics courses were seen in all demographics. Okay, this isn't a black, white, red, green, whatever type of thing. Students were, were that were considered to be the brightest in their in their classes, basically, they uh, didn't see a lot of decline. But everybody else, right down the tubes. Male students fared better than their female counterparts with scores for the, for the former declining by four points in history and two points in civics, while female students dipped by five points and three points, respectively. Okay? But they're all headed in the downward spiral. Okay? Now, the assessment data also revealed that 40% of students in history and 31% of civics failed to reach the lowest benchmark of basis, base, of basic. So you got 40% of these kids are below the basic level of what you want them to even begin to know in history and civics. All right. Uh, 13% of students in history and 22% of civics scored above the second benchmark of proficient. Now, here's the thing. Very few 8th graders are reaching the higher levels of achievement, okay? And only 13% of 8th graders were at or above the level, the proficient level of history for students. 13%, okay? So where are the other 87%? They don't care. All right. Now, I found another interesting article. It was provided to me by one of our listeners all the way out in uh, South Carolina. And he sent it to me, and he said, you know, I need to look at this. And it's called A Prologue to Tragedy, and it's tied right back there to James Madison's quote. 
And it's talking about the history and civic scores dropping to record lows in our country. Now, in the latest report of our declining educational system, a matter that should be treated as a national crisis, what we see is we're graduating students from high school who can't proficiently read or do math. Okay, that that right off the bat ought to scare the heck out of us. But now they're starting to look at the other subjects. All right. So we already know they can't read. They can't do math. And and yet somehow they're graduating. We're sending them on to college where they're going to be indoctrinated and all this woke society stuff. Now, school districts have responded to solving the problem by simply lowering the standards. Now, this is something that that we're seeing it not just in the schools. We're seeing it in uh, job qualifications. Basically, if they're not smart enough to be able to do it, then we'll just lower the test makes, you know, so that they can get the job or they can pass the test. Well, in the meantime, what we're seeing is in other countries like China, they're they're raising the standards. Okay, they're making it harder to achieve and harder to get the job. And so people are, are, are striving to do better there where we're turning around and saying, well, if you don't do that good, we'll just lower the standard. We'll make it easier for you. So don't bother. Does that <clears throat> fall into the line of this whole DEI yes, process? Yes, it sure does. Yeah. Yes, D- diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, I like to switch it around and say diversity, inclusion, and equity. And that way it spells out die. die. You know, <laughs> but yeah, it is. It's, it's one of these things in our effort not to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Or not to make you know to make sure that everybody's treated with this equity versus equality, mm-hmm. you know we have turned around and we're creating a huge problem for ourselves, you know. And the rest of the world is looking at us and saying, "What are you doing? You know, what are you what are you striving for here?" And so you're dead on again, KB. That that whole uh, woke effort, uh, this whole and and it, and it you know at first it, it hit the colleges, you know where I was, and I could see it coming. But what bothers me is that the colleges were educating the teachers, and the teachers then went out there to teach the kids. And don't get me wrong on this. I don't want a bunch of hate mail from the teachers because I love our teachers around here. A lot of them are my students. The problem is that our teachers aren't being allowed to teach. We're giving them these directives on things like uh, DIE and and critical race theory and woke society, and they're they're sitting there trying to teach in handcuffs. There's nothing they can do, and I feel so sorry for them. And it's no wonder so many of them are quitting the job because it's not fun anymore. And teachers only teach because it's fun. I guarantee you, that. teachers are not in it for the money. Contrary to what the you know the the uh, labor groups for the teachers and everything say, oh, well, they're not paid enough. That's a crock. You can throw as much money as you want at a teacher, and it isn't going to make them a better teacher. The ones that are great teachers are there because they love the job, okay? And I know who they are, and they're doing a great job out there, and we're really fortunate here in our area that we've got uh, great teachers that are trying to do the job and still at the same time comply with all the ridiculous requests that come out of the federal government. Now, here's the thing. The decline in this whole thing has been blamed on the pandemic, why the kids can't read, why they can't do math, why they don't know civics, all right? But the lockdowns had, like I say, a profound effect in that what happened was is it allowed the parents to see what was being taught. And now all of a sudden they're questioning it. They're saying this isn't anything like 
what we had when we were in school. And, you know, I know I'm kind of going off script here on a lot of this, but I would love for somebody to explain to me how is it that these guys who went to a one-room schoolhouse in the 1800s and had nothing but a McGuffey's reader, a little little book that taught them math and reading and writing and the whole bit, all right? How is it that they turned out being smarter, much smarter and much more proficient in those areas than a graduate at college today? A one-room schoolhouse and one book. And yet, here we are throwing billions of dollars at this, and these kids are functionally illiterate. They're, they're being indoctrinated into all this crap. It just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. I think you just answered your own question. They're throwing billions of dollars at it, throwing money at it in order to solve the problem rather than coming up with something that needs to be addressed, obviously. Right. Um, I think maybe those kids with the McGuffey readers uh, learned a lot of life lessons along the way. Um, and they were put in positions where uh, certain experiences uh, stuck with them. And maybe they thought a little bit about the future rather than let's just focus on the here and now and how we can uh, tear everything apart and destroy it all and make uh, learning into more of a social experience than it is an actual learning experience. Let's dumb them down. Let's continue to dumb them down. Right. Because as we do that and throw various things in front of them, uh, they start to buy into these ideas, and, and so much so that we're seeing uh, rather the best, rather than the best and the brightest, we're just getting whatever, and lowering the standard, lowering the standards, but then having to deal with that, mm-hmm. and I think that in itself is obviously rearing its ugly head right now. So we do not do things to better people's lives; we do things to just kind of help them get by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, we wonder why we're we're in the situation. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you know, I encourage folks get online and pull up one of McGuffey's readers. You can pull them up online and read them. And what's fascinating is you they'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Little boy lost in the woods and how, what he has to do to get home and who he runs into and the and the le- and the lessons learned. And at the end of the the little story, it has them do critical thinking. Well. What what did he learn from this experience? What did the old man who found him? Uh, what did he teach him? Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's amazing. They're asking kids in the fourth grade to use critical thinking in the 1800s, and we're sitting here now just rubber stamping these kids on through. Unbelievable. Nine thirty. We'll step aside. Our final break. Our bottom of the hour break. It contains local news and sports. Courtesy of our media partners from LakeExpo.com. Thank you, Stacy Johnson. Lake TV, thank you, Chris Schneider. And thank you for listening to The Daily Show on T-Rate. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Wednesday, May 10th. A hole opened up on Highway 5 and Gravoy Mills Monday afternoon. MoDOT crews were called and they determined the hole was a result of a collapsed culvert and was not a sinkhole. Repairs are currently underway on the culvert and motorists are advised to use caution in the area. USA Today is running a Reader's Choice poll for best lake for water sports in the country. And guess who's currently ranked number one? Lake of the Ozarks is at the top, and the Lake Convention and Visitor Bureau is asking everyone who loves the lake to help keep it there. Currently ranked below Lake of the Ozarks are Lake Tahoe and Big Bear Lake.
The poll's still active, and participants can vote every 12 hours. Anyone can vote online at USA Today's 10 Best website. The Missouri Department of Conservation says turkey hunters harvested over 40,000 birds during Missouri's 2023 spring turkey season. Top harvest counties were Franklin, Callaway, and Osage. Young hunters also harvested 2,500 turkeys over the youth weekend. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. There is a saying that there is no free lunch, meaning there is a cost to everything, even when it appears to be free. Your free account on social media costs you invisible connections to companies trying to sell you stuff. So it is, even with key radio, because there are costs to bring you local programming, and we need your help to pay the bills. If you love our purpose, please donate. If you need to use advertising dollars, key radio can give you a promotional benefit of sponsorship underwriting. Key Radio features programs in every area of life, politics, business, family, entertainment, education, faith, and media. In Christian circles, we refer to this as the Seven Mountains. We don't relegate any of these subjects to once a week, and we seek content rooted in truth more than opinion. If you have a message to get across, contact Bill M. at OrionCenter.org to talk about how Key Radio can help. Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Happy hump day to you. The softball women are into the postseason now. Both the Mizzou ladies and MSU ladies playing conference tournaments this week. Mizzou ladies won yesterday, beating the uh, 12 seed Mississippi State in the SEC tournament. So the Lady Tigers will play today against the fifth seed Alabama. That game scheduled for about 5 o'clock this afternoon as the Lady Tigers look to keep their season going. MSU ladies will open play in their conference tournament, the Valley Tournament, today. Quarterfinal action, a 4 o'clock start. They are playing that in Carbondale, Illinois. The MSU ladies, 31-19. and 19. They've won 23 of their last 26 games. They look to keep that going. High school baseball, Camdenton, one of the best teams in the state. They're 28-4. and four. They play at Branson today. The Lakers have won 10 of their last Last 11. Also today, 6-15 Osage taking on 13-7 Eugene. That is in high school play. Major League Baseball. Cardinals close out a series against the Cubs in Chicago today. And the Royals, it's game three of a four-game set at home against the White Sox. Chiefs getting ready for their first off-season workouts. They've got some OTAs, organized team activities. That is a voluntary camp coming up May 22nd through the 24th. Lake TV brings you five local lake area shows, including Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris every day at 802, 102, and 802. They talk about what's going on at the lake, lake news, lake sports, all that good stuff. Check it out on Lake TV. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Wednesday. Key Radio keeps you in the know as we make improvements to better serve you. Because many of you listen online, we've re-engineered our website. You get there on the web at keyradio.live or through our iPhone and Android apps, Key Radio, K-E-Y-K. 
From the app, click the WWW Globe symbol to see our full site. There you can listen to live radio or call KB during the daily show or see our schedule. And don't forget that beautiful donate button. Then there are menus. Click News Weather to get your daily dose of what's happening. You can also drill down in the key radio link to learn all about your favorite shows, make a donation, or sponsor a show. You can also read Bill's blog and follow the social media links and notice how we highlight our sponsors on each page. It's all at your fingertips, whether you have a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. It's all part of how Key Radio KEYK staff wants to serve you. I'm Bill Mundhausen for Creation Expo. Creationists take a lot of heat for advocating a recent creation. Don't features like Grand Canyon testify to millions of years? For an answer, consider Star Trek. Captain Picard walks up to a replicator and commands, Tea, herbal gray, hot, and a perfectly brewed cup of tea appears. Our experience tells us it takes time to grow tea plants, harvest the leaves, and distribute the product. And then there's the cup, but Picard simply spoke it into existence in a moment. We see it as a scientific possibility. The question is what believers ought to believe. We have a bias as finite people who see processes all around us that imply the passage of time. But we should recognize a creator God would have the power to speak a world into existence. Psalm 33, 6 reads, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. These 60-second messages are based on the book XPO by Bill Munhausen, available in Amazon Books. Key Radio wants to help our community by offering a platform for all groups and organizations to share their message. If you have a pre-recorded public service announcement talking about who you are and what you do, email it to kbsfree65 at gmail.com. Rotary clubs, veterans groups, animal shelters, fundraising organizations, and more are all welcome to send us their pre-recorded message. Key Radio reserves the right to deny or accept any PSAs received. Share your thoughts, ideas, and skills, maybe even a talent, on the Lakes Community Radio Station, 89.3 The Key. Back here at 937 on the program tomorrow, we will have none other than Miss Mindy Sales, our community events director for Key Radio. In particular, The Daily Show. We'll also hear from Danny Ellison. Friday, it looks like we'll be uh, talking with uh, a member of our uh, Missouri Senate We'll also be talking with uh, a nice lady who's going to talk farmers markets, and we'll also get into our conversation as we do on uh, Friday with our good buddy, the one and only Dave Mop and the Gadfly, who is taking uh, taking his time, his retired time, to travel around the county and to see what's going on at uh, Campbell County Commission meetings. He also checks in with uh, various school board meetings and the like, and he will report to us on. Friday in the 9 o'clock hour. Certainly uh, glad to have you with us this morning. And as always, looking forward to uh, more from the good professor as he tries to calm himself (laughs) so he doesn't get too worked up talking about the education issue. I think maybe that's the whole scenario in a nutshell here. It's not making people better. It's trying to make them more mundane, less uh, on top of things. I mean... Do you remember, do you ever remember an instance in your life where maybe you were growing up as a kid and you had trouble with something and when you were younger, maybe your parents tried to make it a little easier for you, but as you got older, 
they challenged you. They made right. it harder. They wanted you to be able to figure things out on your own. And that's so that when you get out in the real world and you're doing things regarding, uh, who knows, your job, uh, you know, just life in general, mm-hmm. that when certain challenges come before you, that you can handle these challenges. Right. And not everything throws you for a loop. And yeah. You have to sit down and, and figure this one out. And if you do have to sit down and figure it out at some point, you can do it in such a way that it doesn't overwhelm you and, and you learn to handle things. I think that's that's what this whole part of nurturing a child is all about. This is what education is supposed to be, preparing them for the future, mm-hmm. preparing them for issues, preparing them for problems, preparing them to be critical thinkers. Right. And not just say, well, you know, the uh, the test is maybe a little too hard. Let's see if we can dumb it down. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we can make it a little easier. Let's make sure everybody's on board. I don't want everybody on board. No. I don't want everybody on board. No. Because, you know, let's let's look at some things possibly, um, uh, I don't know, that would involve you, that would involve me. Um, I don't want necessarily to go to a doctor and realize that at some point I have to have surgery and this doctor was, you know, somebody who just kind of slid by. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, you know, other people like, uh, you know, lawyers or uh, mechanics, mm-hmm. anybody that has any bearing on my life or mm-hmm. anyone's life for that mm-hmm. matter. You always seem to think that they look for the best and brightest. And with D-E-I, or as you like to put it, D-I-E, mm-hmm. uh, it is it is really just more or less about let's just get them through it. Mm-hmm. Let's you know give them a little shove in what we think is the right direction. Absolutely, and hopefully they'll land on their feet and do well. Right, and we don't want to put too much effort into it. The uh, the, the key here is just let's throw money at it and right. see if uh, uh, and see if it works out. If not, well, you know there's there's more money. It's not our money, so what right. do we care? Right. Well, and they're look. Well, it is our money. That's that's the thing, well, you know. No, and but yeah. I mean, the people that are making the decisions. Right. Exactly. And, and to some and degree, you're right. There'll be more money coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter what these scores are. I guarantee you, all these school, schools that are cranking out these, you know, terrible numbers on these scores are going to get the same amount of much money next year or maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, rather than somebody saying, stop, let's let's look at this. And I, I love the, the analogy you make about how parents challenge their kids as they're growing up. College should be a challenge, all right? And it, and it should be from the standpoint of when you address a topic – and I don't care what it is, something as controversial as slavery, something as controversial as uh, Darwinian theory versus creationism. Uh, these are the sort of things that in the past, in those one-room schoolhouses, they would bring these sort of things up and they would talk about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it didn't matter what side of this, this debate you fell on. What it did is by you getting involved in the debate and discussing it with somebody who had a different opinion, you were able to learn. Okay, now you know where they're coming from. Maybe you learned something you didn't know before. Maybe it might change your opinion. But that was the key. Well, now our answer to this is, oh, no, 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 no. The last thing we want to do is debate something. You know, it's, this is what it is. This is what the book says. This is what you're going to file, file, or follow. And so what they're looking for is compliance. They're looking for compliance from our college students. They're looking for compliance from our grade schoolers. Well, I don't want compliance. I want somebody that's thinking about it. If you want to wind up in that hospital and you've got to have surgery, 
And this guy, you know, well, this is sustained. You know, I'll turn to page 42 of the medical book, and it says, here's what I should do. Mm-hmm. No, I want that guy to sit there and evaluate you. I want you to want to talk to him. I want, what are the symptoms you have? What are the things that have been happening? And, you know, maybe go off the rails and come up with a, a whole new deal. Think about this, KB. When, when your dad and my dad, back in the day when they were alive, if you had a heart attack, they went in and split you stem to stern. Mm-hmm. Cracked your chest open and did all these, you know, the odds of you surviving the surgery were slim to none. And now you hear about people going going in outpatient and getting a stent to replace a valve or, or whatever. Well, that wasn't the guy that turned to page 42 of the medical book and said, here's how you do this. Right? And so there's a great example of what I'm talking about. Well, now, I mean, it's it's glaringly obvious when you turn on the TV and see countless commercials for pharmaceuticals. Oh. It's not about taking care of a problem. It's about prevention. Yes. And that is what my cardiologist told me as she puts me on medication that I say, mm, you know, that's all good and fine. And, you know, as long as I'm eating right and exercising and taking care of myself, that's all. Then then why I, I'm trying to do my part as far as the prevention is concerned. Mm-hmm. And you keep giving me these uh, little pills to take because rather than dealing with the problem, let's just kind of kick the can down the road. Mm-hmm. And, and we had a talk about it. I see her point in terms of what she's doing. And uh, this particular lady who is my cardiologist is somebody who is uh, very, very good at what she does. But I often question her and say, well, why do you want me to take another medication? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but, well, this will help you. And, this, mm-hmm. and so we have the back and forth quite a bit. But, again, as you see, I think in a lot of cases, certainly with liability being one of the biggest ones, people are more apt to just say, okay, rather than, you know, go in full bore mm-hmm. where we could do something like you mentioned, mm-hmm. we're just going to kind of do it halfway. Right. You know, we'll give you this and take yeah. that and, well, and, and make you sure can... you eat right and extra exercise things that we've all known for years and kb let's let's go back to the 1800s and think about this when they first came out with automobiles you know they used to have a guy walk down the street in front of the automobile because it scared all the horses all right that was a requirement that was a law but the, the thing is is that everybody's like oh it's ridiculous automobiles you know horse and buggy works just fine okay and look where we are today mm-hmm. um people were using whale oil for lamps to to light their homes and then some clown comes along and has this new idea of electricity. Well, guess what? All of those people who are inventing these things, telephones, electricity, automobiles, airplanes, those people all had an education from a one-room schoolhouse using a little McGuffey's reader. If that. And it, exactly. A lot of people don't know this. Benjamin Franklin, who invented damn near everything, to my, in my opinion. This guy, the, the glasses you and I have on are bifocals. He invented bifocals. Sure. All right. He invented uh, uh, the Franklin stove. All right, which was great. It was something that glowed inside there. You could could actually, instead of a fireplace where all the heat goes up, you know, it heated your cabins. You know, and and of all these inventions, he never asked for a patent on anything. He said, "I'm trying to help mankind." Okay. Well, here's the thing. Most people don't realize this. Ben Franklin, with he, the Gulf Stream, and he, he found out the Gulf Stream and for ship travel, just you name it. This guy had an eighth grade education that he acquired from Boston Latin School in Boston, Massachusetts. Eighth grade. Okay, that's all the education he ever had. 
and look what he was able to accomplish. But the thing is, is in that one-room schoolhouse, in that Boston Latin school, they are teaching him the classics. They're teaching him critical thinking. You know, they're, they're getting him to question things. Why? Why are we using whale oil? You know, why are we, why, you know, he questioned everything. You know, it, am I destined to not be able to see the rest of my life? You know, and he, he, he critical thinking. He started looking for solutions, right. all right? And that's what's missing here in our education system now. We're, we've got, you know, here it is. It's all been standardized. This is what the, the teacher is required to teach. And we're not going to have any debates because we might offend somebody. So you can see where we've jumped the tracks. The answer here, folks, grab a McGuffey's reader, open up a one-room schoolhouse, and put those kids back in there with the teachers and turn them loose. Again, the teachers are doing a great job. And the teachers, the ones I know, were taught critical thinking. But now they're, they're being hamstrung by a federal government, a Department of Education, which has no constitutional authority, telling them, here's how you do it, here's the book you use, here's the test that you're going to take. And, it, we, and then we sit back and we wonder, why are our kids all, you know, why are they all failing? Why is the rest of the world advancing and we're sitting here failing? This is, this is a big issue, folks, and we need to, to stand up and look at this, all right? And then the other issue is, like I say, we're even in, getting to the point now, we're in the job market, we're telling people, okay, you know, he can't pass the test, all right? We've got these, t- these tests that you have to pass in order to come to work here, and it might be a federal test, it might be a, a, a state test of some sort, you know, licensure or something like that, and he can't pass, pass a test, well, then what we'll do is we'll just lower the standard for that. You know, to where more people can pass it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's not the answer. That's not the answer at all. You need to go back and find out why can't he pass the test. You know, what is it that 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 this gal was taught in school that <clears throat> she skipped all of this? Why is it that that Sally can't write? Okay. Well, I don't need to write. I've got autocorrect on my on my computer. Mm-hmm. How many people have you had heard? You know, said that and and read some of this stuff nowadays. Where were was you know it. it 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 drives me crazy. They, they let the let the computer autocorrect whatever they're writing, and then you know the, it, to them it's good. The computer said so. All right. So we need to start looking at the impact of these edicts that are being handed down by the Department of Education that are being backed by the the uh, labor unions for the teachers. And do what we can to get behind, rally with the teachers and with the parents to try and take control of this education education system and bring it back. My good friend, Dr. John Keeney, uh, God rest his soul, he told me one time as we were dealing with these issues all the way back 15 years ago when we started you know, shoving this national curriculum down everybody's throat, he told me, and I'll never forget it, he said, we have a system that's worked for 2,000 years. Why are we trying to fix it? And boy, th- those words have stuck with me from, uh, from that day forward. And what, how profound. I mean, he's right. I mean, if it worked for Aristotle and Socrates, why are we, why are we throwing that out the window and now turning around and saying, no, 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 there's some egghead in Washington that knows how to teach our children? Well, I think it's like anything else. They look at it and they make the comparisons to then as to where we are now and feel as though maybe it's old, it's antiquated, it needs to be updated. 
And in doing so, somebody said, oh, well, we've got an opportunity here as well, not just to update how things are handled, but more or less to uh, maybe start inserting some things that, since they're not really paying attention in the first place, mm-hmm. that we can get away with. We can, we, we can establish a, a new foundation of sorts where we have all of these social experiments that uh, go on in our schools. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll tell parents, oh, by the way, guess what? Your participation isn't necessary. We're the teachers. We're the administrators. We can handle this. You just stay back off to the sidelines and and let us teach your kids. And if you try to get in the way, Mm -hmm. well, there are some things that we've kind of put in place. Back on uh, October 4th of uh, 2021 when Merrick Garland came out with his little uh, letter that said, you know, parents are going to be treated like a domestic terrorist. Uh, don't go to your school board meeting and cause any problems because we'll have people in place that uh, could more likely uh, than not do something about it. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you establish what it is you want to do, how you want to do it, and then you put people in place to prevent uh, things from uh, from going wrong. Right. Well, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of watching these uh these newscasts where they go out, uh, the man on the street kind of thing. They'll go to a beach or downtown city, and, and they'll say, name one branch of the federal government. And inevitably, they can't do it. I mean, and, and the, this, some of the stats that have come back out of this stuff, I, it was ridiculous. Something like 50 or 60 percent of them couldn't name one branch. And like 90 percent of them couldn't name all three. And so you sit there and you think to yourself, have we gotten that far? And now this isn't asking eighth graders. We're talking, you know, the man on the street. Mm-hmm. Well, how can you possibly turn around and complain about your federal government when you don't even know how it works, what the different branches are, who the people are that are running the show? I saw one one time where they're showing pictures of the president and the vice president. They didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, my God, you know. So it's no wonder. Unless they're in like a reality show or something like that. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, then I saw one like that, too. They showed Beyonce and somebody else, and they knew instantaneously, the Kardashians, they knew who they were. Sure. But, you know, that's the problem is if if the Kardashians or Beyonce were were issuing the edicts for for education, people would go, oh, this is great. You know, they know what they're doing, right? right? And boy, aren't we seeing that a lot right now with the with Hollywood, you know. Uh, you get these stars get on there telling you, here's what we need to be doing. Really? I mean, this is a guy, you know, who's clueless. He's been an actor his whole life, and he's trying to tell you what our foreign policy should be. <laughs> you know, it just blows my mind. I think in a lot of instances we make the assumption that convenience is something that's better for us when I think as we try to make life more convenient for people, uh, we are turning out more lazy people. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, a lot of this ties into the previous shows we've done, too, is, you know, like on AI, we talked about the, the threat there, and we're trying to rein things back on it while we can't have no control over what other countries are doing. And that's my concern is that the rest of the world – is investing in their children and investing in their schools and investing in their universities and seeing to it that they're going to be at the top of the heap here while we're sitting here, you know, basically dumbing down our standards. And our kids aren't going to be able to compete. There's the biggest problem I see in the future. And like I say, we have a tendency to forget that those kids, like the ones you had in the other day, those great kids that were in here with the homeschooling Mm -hmm. program, you know, those are our future leaders, folks. 
you're not going to be here forever. I hate to break it to you. You know, have another cup of coffee, but, you know, we're all getting a little older. And bottom line is we got to start thinking about what we're leaving behind. And, you know, sit down and talk with some of these kids nowadays or some of these or the man on the street, these young young millennials and and talk to them and sit there afterwards and ask yourself a little critical thinking said would i want this guy to be in charge of department of education would i want him to be uh you know secretary of state because folks they're gonna be and and so we need to we need to start investing in our future with our kids and i'll make one more comment it needs to start at home it isn't all on the teachers. <clears throat> That's another mistake we've made is we've handed the kids off to the teachers and say they're a babysitter. We, we don't need to do anything more with them. No, that education comes from home. Well, I think you mentioned it earlier, and that's the homeschooling movement, which is really starting to gain a lot of traction in this country. More and more parents are wanting to homeschool their children Mm -hmm. and wanting to do a more effective job than, you know, uh, submitting these kids to uh, public schools and and not just to what they're learning, but that whole uh, social surrounding. You know, because they feel like if maybe they take their kids out of that, then their kids won't have as much time to be engrossed in things that don't matter as opposed to what these parents would like to see their kids learning and how their kids turn out and be productive members of society rather than just, I guess for lack of a better word, milk toast. Right. You know, it's, can I have a, a child who's exceptional as far as learning and and then going out and, and, and doing various things and, and trying to better themselves? Or am I going to end up with, uh, you know, somebody who just says, oh, you know, I'll do whatever's necessary to get by and leave right, it at that. Right, right. Well, and, and another... Because, and and, and, and uh-huh. because I have uh, certain things that are in, quote, unquote, my favor. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I really, really, uh, what they're teaching these kids is how to arm themselves with the tools necessary to go in and get anything they want, but do it in such a way where they don't really have to apply themselves. They can more or less say, well, you know, you haven't hired enough uh, women or you haven't hired enough minorities or uh, we have to go with the whole DEI uh, approach to, to life. And, and we're not getting and, – and, and I would think that well, – I, I, I can't speak for anyone else. I would think that, you know, eventually people get tired of, of just – the same old, mm-hmm. and and want to challenge themselves to some point. I mean, uh, the guy we had in here last hour, good, mm-hmm. good, good example of that. Mm-hmm. Twenty three years old, he's got the world by the tail. He tries desperately to better himself on every level, and you know that is someone who, in my opinion, is going to turn out to be uh, a great possible leader mm-hmm. um, in, in 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 what it is he does, and and certainly. Someone who people respect, respects their opinion, respects what's on their mind because he's put in the time. You know, he's mm-hmm. he's done the legwork, he's done the research, he's done the recon, he's got the intel, and you know, he's he's desperately trying to improve upon what he does and who he is, mm-hmm. as opposed to just saying, well, you know, if all else fails, uh, you know, maybe I'll just sue somebody right you know look, well, for, and, look and for an easy out wouldn't you love to love to know to it would too bad we weren't here to talk about this before is okay who was your mentor who 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 took that kid and gave him that that basis of ethics and and you know work ethics uh just you know his whole outlook on society i'll guarantee you it was it was 
an elder, a, a grandparent, a parent, you know, so it's not all on the teachers, mm-hmm. okay? And and that's the thing that I think we're missing as well, okay? One final note here, uh, it, talk about lowering the standard. The colleges now, you remember when you and I were in high school, the ACT and the SAT, everybody dreaded that. Now, yeah. They called it the Ohio Basics, too, remember those? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't even look at those now, Yeah. all right? So, I mean, yeah, you, if you've got $100,000, come on in. We'll, we'll put you in this school and we'll indoctrinate you and give you the, you know, you'll be compliant. And it just blows my mind. You know, yeah. how are they getting an education? How are they getting an education? Reminds me, uh, Reggie White, who used to be a professional football player, when he stood in front of Congress and said, I can't read. Yeah. And he went uh-huh. through high school and college uh, to become a professional athlete, and right. he couldn't read. Jim, thank you, sir. Thank you. Stir I appreciate it, up, it. Give him a little something, something to think about. And uh, we'll come out swinging again tomorrow. We appreciate everyone who has tuned in to uh, watch us, to listen to us. And I will invite you back tomorrow morning right here at 8 a.m. for the Thursday edition of The Daily Show. Right here on 